Hello, colleagues, and welcome to another Five for Friday episode of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Today, I'm celebrating fall. The leaves are beginning to turn color, the nights are getting crisp, which means better sleeping for those of us like me who love to be buried under a mound of blankets, and everything's flavored with apple or pumpkin. Fall also means the end of my garden-grown cucumbers, but hey, we can't have everything, can we? Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Frederick Buskey. We are all on a leadership journey. Every day, we have a chance to grow. Every day, we have a chance to help others grow. My goal and the goal of this podcast is to help you grow into being a strategic leader, a leader who puts people before purpose, who solves problems instead of treating symptoms, and who understands the difference between progress and action. Through this podcast, my daily email and virtual programs, I'm working to build a network of inspired and inspiring school leaders. Let's get started on today's adventure and this unique opportunity to learn to live and lead better. Today's episode of Five for Friday recaps the strategic leadership emails for the week of October 2nd through 6th, 2023. On Monday, I talked about having a bigger impact by working with the willing. And I shared recent experiences I've had around my book. I've been talking to a publisher and he made some suggestions about the introduction to my book. And I immediately took those suggestions and rewrote the introduction, sent it back to him. He loved it. He said it was great. So his few suggestions had a really big impact. And there's three reasons for that. The first thing is I trust him. He's got a great reputation. He comes highly recommended by someone who I respect. And so I knew I trusted the feedback that he gave me would make a better introduction. So number one is trust. Number two, I know I'm a good writer. I'm not trying to be boastful, but I have confidence in my writing ability. And number three, I know I could be a better writer. So when you take those three ingredients together, trust, confidence in your craft, but then also the understanding and the desire that you can still get better in your craft. That makes it easy for my publisher to have a big impact with me because they can make a suggestion and know that I will run with it. And I think it's the same for you as an assistant principal or other school leader. If you want to have an impact with teachers, it is much easier to work with a teacher where you have trust, where they have competencies and they recognize they have competencies, but they still want to get better. Those are the easiest people to work with. This kind of can set up a conundrum, right? Because if you think about where the biggest pain points are for you, where the biggest pain points are for your students, you might think about the teachers who are really, really struggling. Usually in a school, we have a couple teachers who just don't have the skill sets. And sometimes they don't have the dispositional 
skills or attitudes necessary to be successful as teachers. I think we've all encountered those people. They don't even know why they're in teaching. They don't like kids and they're just frustrated and everything is the kid's fault. Those are the classrooms a lot of times where things feel like they're burning down and where you're getting all of these referrals and parents are not happy and like it's a mess. But those are also the hardest classrooms to turn around because those teachers probably don't trust you. They don't have the fundamental skills. And in many cases, they're so busy pointing the fingers at students, they don't really want to get better or they don't believe that, that it's on them to get better. Sometimes that's many times that's the space you need to wade into because it is something that's burning down and it really becomes a safety issue for your kids. And so that's where you wind up spending a lot of your time. And that's, that's okay. Like that's the reality. But if you don't have to be in a room like that, if you don't have one, or if you have a little bit of time left over, then you need to think about where the next level is. Where's the next place that you can make an impact? Teaching is complex and demanding activity, and it's harder now than it has ever been before. So all of your teachers need help. All your teachers need support. Everybody could get better, but you can't serve everybody. So where do you make the biggest bang for the buck? And I think it goes back to these three things. If you think about the teachers that you have good trust with, you have good relationships that have the core competencies, but then also have that desire to get better. You can help grow them really, really simply with a small investment of your time. And for the most part, you don't even have to make suggestions like my publisher did to me. You just have to serve as a reflective coach to be able to ask the questions, they'll come up with their own answers. So for example, if you've got a teacher who's solid, but really wants more student engagement in her class, you don't have to come to her with the strategies for student engagement. You can just have the discussion and just keep asking her questions about what she's looking for and why she doesn't think there's enough student engagement and what would student engagement like be like? How would she know if she had better student engagement? Just have that conversation and she'll be thinking those things through and she'll probably come up with her own solutions. And if she doesn't, you can certainly send her to instructional coach or maybe send her a resource or something. The important thing here is that just by having that reflective conversation you're going to help somebody grow if you have those three foundational things of trust and they're competent and they want to get better. On Tuesday, we talked about imperfection. Tuesday's podcast episode was with Dr. Efrain Martinez, and it was a wonderful show about being human and being a human school leader. And I included a couple highlight comments from the show. And one of the things that I focused on was what Efrain said being human is being imperfect. And I find that to be such a powerful idea because so much of the tension and frustration in our lives is stems from trying to be perfect. Just as an example, this is my third take on this podcast because I don't fully script out and write every word of my five for Friday podcasts. So I'm just looking at the daily emails and translating them for you 
and trying to pull in examples. And this is my third attempt on this one because I kept getting tripped up on Monday. Part of the part of the reason that's happening is because I forget that I'm imperfect and I want to produce the perfect podcast. And so then I get frustrated and I spend time rather invest it because I take too much of it. So this idea of understanding that we're imperfect and being okay with our own imperfection first, and then with others imperfections can just decrease stress and actually increase productivity. And when we accept imperfection, I think we become much better at giving others grace, giving ourselves grace and meeting people where they are instead of getting hung up on where we think they should be. On Wednesday, I talked about play and shared how I'm developing a course on a foundations course for developing a strong classroom culture. And so I'm working on some PowerPoint slides that I'll narrate and I love visuals and PowerPoint slides. So I have a website I go to and they've got all kinds of incredible photos. And so I'm always thinking about how I can translate an idea into some kind of a photo image and put that in there and make it cool and make it exciting. And one of the images I was looking for was in the category of play. So I typed in a search for play and the thing that jumped out at me right away was almost every photograph was of children playing. There were almost no photographs of adults playing. And this took me back to something that Ephraim had said in our Tuesday podcast, when I'd asked him, who are you? One of the things he said was, I'm the adult who still thinks he is the kid who's trying to get the most out of life. And I could really relate to this because I feel a lot of times like I'm searching for the child that I walked away from decades ago. And I just have this sense that if I can get back to who I was when I was four, that I'd really be a lot wiser today. And in fact, as an aside, I have a picture of my four-year-old self that sits right at my desk and is a constant reminder to me two things. One, to treat myself as I would treat that four-year-old, to be gentle and be kind and recognize that I'm imperfect, but also to look at that picture and look and, and think, what did you see in the world? What, what possibilities were open to you? And what joy were you open to at that young, wise age of four? So I may be bringing us off topic a little bit, I think, but I think we should all be thinking about getting back to that child self of who we are inside. And, and then in doing that, then maybe we can start to play more. We can start to laugh more. We all work really hard. We have lots of responsibilities in our lives. And sometimes we just get caught up and take things so seriously. And this isn't in the daily email, but a couple years ago, two summers ago, Pam and I drove out West and one of our stops was in Great Basin National Park in Southern, Southeastern Nevada, right on the Utah border. And there they have the bristlecone pine trees. These pine trees only grow around above 9,000 feet and very little can grow at 9,000 feet. And these trees are 
they're small, but they live a very long time. They grow incredibly slowly. They have a very, very dense wood. In fact, when they die, the trunk doesn't decay. It erodes because it's strong like a, like a rock. It's so dense because of the harsh conditions that the trees are growing in. Now, these trees are the oldest living things on the planet. And some of the trees are three, 4,000 years old. And when we were up in that park among these trees that are 4,000 years old, we realized that we really don't matter. We felt so small and insignificant, but in a really positive way. Like all the stuff that we get so concerned about, it's not that big a deal. And I pull that story into this conversation because it's a helpful reminder that I think allows us to play. When we laugh and we play, we live better lives and we're better people and we can treat others around us better. So we need to recognize our imperfections, stop taking ourselves so seriously, recognize that in the big scope of things, it doesn't matter that much. And so we need to play. Okay, feel like I'm running my mouth here. So let's move on to Thursday. Thursday's email was a cautionary tale about being mindful of over-investing in tasks you enjoy. I mentioned a few minutes ago that I was scrolling through my picture site, looking for images to drop into my PowerPoint on classroom culture. And I enjoy doing that. And it's really easy for me to go down a black hole of looking at all these images and dropping them in and playing with them and editing them and making them look just right. And I, at this point, have a really beautiful slide deck for doing this course on classroom culture. But what I don't have is a learning management system. I don't have any place. I've not made a decision on where I'm going to host the course. So I have the course, but I have no way to teach it right now. And the time that I was supposed to have that, that I had budgeted for looking into a learning management system to host the course, I instead was going through photos and trying to make my PowerPoint slides look cooler. So instead of having a minimally viable course that is hosted on a platform, I now have a great course that's not hosted anywhere. So of course I'm going to go and find the place to host that course, but it's putting me behind schedule because I wanted to have this course done by October 1st and it's not done yet. So be careful when there's something that you enjoy doing that is a component of your work because it's easy to over invest in that area when actually your time could be spent somewhere else. Now, the best strategy that I know for, combat, for combating this kind of geeking out behavior is actually to use the clock timer on your computer. And it's something I talked about a week or two ago and something I'm continuing to try to get better at to make sure when I look at something and I say, okay, it should take me two hours to finish this PowerPoint slide deck then I need to set my clock for two hours or set it for 50 minutes so I can take a break, but start running the clock so that I have that sense of urgency and I don't go down that rabbit hole. 
On Friday, I wrote about a mess. I was fixing lunch one day last week and I did a quesadilla, open-faced, had it on the pan and melted cheese. I threw some salsa on top of it, but I was thinking about some other things. I just wasn't really paying attention. I was on autopilot. So I scooped up that quesadilla with the spatula and I hadn't set my plate right next to the stove. I'd actually set it about three feet away. So instead of just lifting up the quesadilla and setting it down on my plate, I had to take a step. So as I stepped, that quesadilla slid right off the spatula, upside down, dropped onto the floor. So salsa all over the floor. So now I had this mess and this mess resulted from not being present. And what if instead of lunch, I had been working with people? What if that quesadilla was actually a critical conversation or a relationship? Then the mess would be a little bit more difficult to clean up than getting a towel and wiping the floor. Or even worse, if I was really distracted, I may not have even noticed the mess. At the end of the email, I encourage you to reflect on the week and think about your own presence. Pat yourself on the back and celebrate your successes, but also think about the missed opportunities and make sure you didn't leave any salsa on the floor. So what's the big takeaway this week? It's another week of seemingly unrelated topics provides me with another opportunity to look for the bigger meaning. I didn't plan it this way, but each post has an element of play in it. Working with competent people who trust you and want to get better, that can feel like play. Overinvesting in the things we're good at is a version of play. Accepting the imperfection of being human gives us permission to play. And then playing itself helps cultivate presence. And of course, there was Wednesday's message that was all about the fact that we need to play more. Now, play can take many forms. We can play physically. At the Busky household, one of our favorites is Can Jam. We can play games like Horrify, which is a really cool strategy game in which the players collaborate to win. We can play with ideas, which I often do while I'm journaling in the mornings. We can play in the kitchen, but maybe not with quesadillas. As I write this, it strikes me that the line between creativity and play is very thin, and maybe that's a bit of insight into why play is so important. Let's wrap up with this call to action. And if you can't guess what it is, you either don't know me very well or you haven't been fully present to this episode. This weekend, go play. Throw a football around, pull out your watercolors, scribble some poetry, walk in the woods, do something for yourself. And in turn, you'll be better at serving others on Monday. Oh, and Legos. How did we forget Legos? Okay. That's it for this week's Five for Friday rendition of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Thank you for including me on your leadership journey. I look forward to seeing you again next Tuesday when we begin our October emphasis on building a positive classroom culture. Please remember to subscribe and rate this podcast. As I record this, we have 17 ratings and four reviews, and we've been stuck there for about 
two months. So please get on and rate the podcast, maybe review it. Increasing those numbers helps others find it. I'm Frederick Buskey, and thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Cheers. Mm-hmm.